0: This is Food First Michigan on 760 WJR, sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state, and by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for listening. Years ago, approximately four, Jerry Brisson and I started this show with the objective of changing the conversation about food security in Michigan. I think that has taken root as we see food security being discussed more and more, particularly as a social determinant of health across health care and as a challenge to achieving educational goals as well and as a barrier for small children in their development and seniors who struggle with more month than money. Many of our guests have come on this show to share their perspective from these vantage points. More recently, we wanted to do more than talk, although this is a weekly radio show and then a number one podcast in America that deals with the topic. We wanted to create a movement. This charge is born out of some core beliefs for us. First, we believe that hunger can be solved. Second, We think it is in the best interest of everyone in the community for it to be solved. From businesses to believers, from politicians to plumbers, we can all agree that hunger doesn't belong in our future. Food security is prominent in our thinking both as a social challenge and as the first hurdle on the road to self-sufficiency. It is a priority if you want to win the war on poverty. People ask us all the time, don't you run out of things to talk about on the show? And our answer after four years is, not yet. One reason for our longevity is because food is centric to our lives, but also because so many people, leaders across the state, believe with us that we can make a difference. Therefore, we believe hunger is an issue that can unite us. Leaders from across Michigan, across all types of industries, from educators to elected officials, from the governor to the gardener. They are all joining the movement to create a food-secure state. Conservatives, liberals, libertarians, unfettered capitalists, believers in social democracy, agnostic believers of all faith are all coming alongside of us and are raising our hands saying, here am I, I'll help. An influencer, a leader who has served at the top levels of state government and who is unafraid to help others in need is our guest today. He is one of our newest board members. He is John Roberts of Advantageure, And he is with us today to talk about why he has joined this movement to create a food secure Michigan. Come back and be with us in just a moment. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Back with us, as always, Jerry Berson, the vice uh, the president of the board, Food Bank Council of Michigan's Board of Directors, and the president and CEO at Gleaners Community Food Bank in Southeast Michigan. And Jerry, as promised, our friend and board fellow board member for you, John Roberts, is with us. John, welcome to uh, Food First Michigan. And, um, you know, we want you to tell your story here in just a minute, but you are now the interim president at Advantage uh, You've been a part of Emergent Holdings, and a long time ago, well, maybe not too long ago, you were the state budget director, um, which, ironically, the state budget was announced just this week. So, uh, lots to talk about with you and why you're a part of us, and um, we're a part of you,
1: so welcome to the show. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to the conversation and thrilled to be here.
0: Well, John, let's start with you, if we can. Um, we'd love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners of this show, and uh, we're going to talk about why this mission is so important. But introduce yourself to uh, to all of our listeners right now.
1: Sure, Phil. I appreciate it. As you said, I had uh, some time in government, spent most of my career uh, in government. Uh, last government job I had was a state budget director, as you said, um, absolutely loved that job, and and uh, and believe it's very impactful and involved in some of the best decision making opportunities to to drive change in, in public policy. So was thrilled to be there. Um, my current employer, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, at the time was launching a new area called Emergent Holdings. That uh, emerging markets, excuse me, that I um, joined, and I've been there for five years. And as you said, I've recently taken on an interim role uh, uh, with expanded, but it's still under that umbrella of of blue cross and and there will be connections to kind of the support that they do today you know today and i'm thrilled to be there they've got a great mission and um we're driving change but uh jerry even as you know their their support for things like mobile food you know trucks and uh you know with cleaners and others i mean the partnership's real in the community and and it's a great place to work and, and drive change and i'm loving the new assignment uh so so looking forward to today um you know as as uh, as I continued to work in public policy and, and the budget office, you know, Phil, you and I got to spend some time together, and and you know, food insecurity continued. It, I was new it was an issue, so there's lots of opportunities. So as Blue Cross is a big supporter uh, of many things, uh, uh, we've got great efforts in the uh, social determinants of health space, and 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 it's a great organization. And I look, I'm I'm proud to be part of it, and look forward to many years. Uh, but I would say, going to the public policy, Phil, is that. Um, you know, the lots, lots we can drive from from public policy, and you know, really, I believe that the budget office is one of the best places to do that. And so, you know, Phil, when you and I started working together, and and you and and Jerry and the team that you were representing, you know, coming together with innovative ideas, I was very excited about. Uh, you know, the potential for actually driving change, right? We can drive change at a local level much more than we can, you know, in other places. Um, uh, uh, and I really believe that, you know, food insecurity is something that can be addressed and can be fixed. And so, you know, to me, when you think about, you know, the fact that, and it could be old data Phil, but one in six kids-ish, you know, right. are food insecure, mm-hmm. right? If that doesn't motivate you, right, then, then you know, that's a hard thing. So So every day, if there's something we can do in public policy, the other thing Phil that I would just call out that I love about this group that you represent and the and the food bankers who make up the board is, I mean, they're driving hard at a mission that is nonpartisan, right? And in a world where so many things can be, um, I think it's very easy for both sides to look. I mean, think about how many people look past the politics of just saying, hey, we, we want to figure out, you know, food insecurity. If they don't say food insecurity, maybe, but they're piece of what they think they can do. Right. Right. And and, and that's the part, um, uh, you know, that now don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's things we always wish there was more of. Right. And we right. can get into and <laughs> get into that. And I don't want to. I don't want to minimize that, but I. But I. When you ask me about the, the 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 passion, right? It's the opportunity to really drive change, which is why I loved being in public policy. It's why I love where I'm at now uh the 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 ability to help if it's the one in six i mean how do we ask kids to perform in school or do anything else that we fund if they haven't had food um mm-hmm. uh and and the fact that it really can drive change and and it's bipartisan right uh or nonpartisan however we want right. to word it but there are many yeah. things that could drive change that are far more divisive that are harder to do and this seems like one people should really be able to rally around so in a quick mm-hmm. you know nutshell love policy um you know, love change. I think your organization is helping drive that, and was you know thrilled to be asked to join, and thrilled to be here today to talk about it.
2: So Hi. I want to tell a little story. I know Phil. I'm just jumping in here, and no, we probably right got here. to pay bills pretty soon. But I I remember talking to Doctor Phil. The probably within ten minutes of him coming back from his first meeting with you, I'll never forget it. Phil Phil calls me on the phone and he says, Jerry. I just had an amazing meeting with the budget director for the state of Michigan. And of course, you know, this was quite a while ago now, right? I mean, I don't remember what year it was, but I'll never forget his excitement and enthusiasm. And one of the things he said was, you know what, you know what John said to me? He said he's seen a lot of things coming from the nonprofit world, but the impact paper that, that we put together around the mass program. And I'm almost certain that was what it was, um, was the thing that captured your attention. You were like, what an amazing return on investment and this is the kind of stuff we need to see more of and of course Phil lives in that space of <laughs> we got to know what it is we're accomplishing if we're going to want if we're going to accomplish more and he felt an immediate affinity to you which is of course how you ended up eventually being part of our board because of that you know again that instant understanding and acceptance of this is who we are and so i just want to say thank you for for lighting up phil for keeping him charged, for joining the board, for for helping us really build this movement around things that make sense, right? And that is that is so important to how we're going to make success in the long run. So I'll now let you talk, Phil. Sorry.
0: No, no, it's, it was you. You portrayed that very, very accurately, um, and it was an instant connection between John and I. And you know, I think part of the. Part of the thing is, you know, I'm I'm just a mirror. I represent the 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 seven feeding America food banks, right? And I think one of the things that caught John caught your attention was We run this like a business and And you really appreciated that because you know, I think I think the great philosophy is you know uh, Where there is no vision the people perish, but where there is no money (laughs) The the vision perishes (laughs) And so if you don't run it like a business, uh, you won't be there long enough to make an impact and I think that that's missing a lot I say I hate to say in the nonprofit sector in general, but um, I think that was one of the things that you connected with with us about
1: I I would agree. And and Jerry, I appreciate the story. I was very excited about my meeting with Phil, too. And and it was at a great time where you were trying to drive change with less resources than the state has today. Right. But we still had the ability. I mean, it was still a positive time. Right. It was a time where we had the ability. Best and and uh and and it was great. I mean, and you're looking for those things that make sustainable change, and that's that's the part you know, Phil. I hear you talking about a business, and I mean, it's being able to drive the sustainable change. And 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 uh, we, we know that states and federal governments are going to ebb and flow, and so to be if our, if our full model is kind of whatever they might be able to do that day, that that we know that that can't be sustainable, right? And so, what are those models? And that's what I love. I mean, Phil, I love that you're bringing forward investments that we could put one time in. And it's that type of thinking that would be different than just saying, hey, you know, but we still need some off the box or off the shelf. Right. I mean, this is I mean, I don't want to say, like, you don't go get the funding, right? That that's the but but the innovation is what allows to drive that change. And, you know, I would just say, Jerry, I appreciate you saying it, you know, but the other part that one of the things that I love about the company I'm at now is kind of their 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 interest in social determinants, because it's a connection that a while ago wouldn't have been there. And I don't mean wouldn't have been there at the company, wouldn't have been there at the state, wouldn't have been a conversation. And right. There's lots of overlap, right? And, and and so to me, when you talk about making it sustainable, it's connecting to other parts. It's not just, hey, the only way to support food is is by giving money to to a food bank, which we want people to do, but it's are there other ways to connect and, 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 and get those partnerships? And the more mature we can make our social determinant links, the, the better off I think we all are. And, and, and so that's a big win. And Jerry, that was the stuff that, you know, you know, your group, you, you specifically there, but also your, your colleagues and then Phil representing you all. I mean, that's the type of stuff that we're hearing from the great organization, which is why I was thrilled to, you know, to join.
0: Well, let's take a break here and uh, pay some bills, as Jerry says. And we'll be back with John Roberts. That's Jerry Rasson, I'm Dr. Phil Knight. And we're all three back with you in just a moment. the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome back everyone Dr. Phil Knight here with Jerry Brisson as always John Roberts the interim president at Advantage also part of Emergent Holdings and a board member with the Food Bank Council of Michigan. John I think that that position's probably going to the top of the resume. Not that you really need a resume anymore, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying. Maybe top of the LinkedIn profile, perhaps. Um, you, it's you. great to have you on the show, and it's better to even have you on the board. And, um, of course, you're working in healthcare, Jerry, you kind of have been the tip of the spear in food banks and health care uh, because we're all, we're all trying to address the social determinants of health. So I'd like for you guys, Jerry and John, to kind of unpack that for our listeners a little bit.
2: Yeah, let me, let me start, John, and then you can correct everything I say wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's normally how the show goes.
2: <laughs> but here's, you know, to, to, when, we, when we first started talking about what is the solution to food insecurity, the, almost immediately we had to ask ourselves the question, well, who wins when the problem is solved? Right, who benefits from solving food insecurity? And everybody knows kids benefit and everybody knows the families that need the help benefit, right? But who else benefits? And right to the top rose healthcare and education. And and in healthcare, it was because, you know, food helps manage chronic disease, it helps prevent chronic disease, but but also um, food is one of those things that for a long time, healthcare has brought to us as an issue particularly the nurses and the people on the front line that are seeing people coming in unhealthy and realizing part of the reason they keep coming back is because they don't have enough food and they're just sicker as a result. And that's just the lived experience of it, right? So food banks started to get more interested in how can we get involved in this conversation? Then we started learning about the social determinants of health. And in short, what that means is the things that happen in your daily life that cause poorer health, right? They're they're determinants in the sense that if you eat a lot of fatty food, you're gonna have more likely heart disease. And you're gonna have, if you eat a lot of sugary food and you've got a a predisposition to diabetes, those two things together are gonna cause you to need a lot more health care than if you had a better diet and all those kinds of things. Things so the the social determinants of health is just another way of saying if you exercise and eat right you're gonna have a healthier life right I mean you know that's in, in a real simple way of explaining it and so we partner on this because healthcare wants their patients to be well it's their goal the 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 goals of healthcare so well align with what we as food banks wanna do in terms of having a community of strong, healthy, empowered, stable households, right? And you can't get there if you have to manage First, food insecurity, and then chronic disease. So, just to kind of give that background of why are food banks interested in the social determinants of health? That that's how I would encapsulate it. So now you're, you know, feet in, feet, knees, hips, shoulders, head, everything into this whole work now with Advanisher, and uh, and and what's your perspective on this?
1: Yeah, it's great, Jerry. Great way to look at it. Absolutely all in. Advanisher uh, it, it itself is it touches it a little bit less given the what it does, but the, the relationships around the enterprise, we touch it a lot, right? And uh, and and it's important. And I will just give you some examples where um, we have a great Medicare Advantage program, uh, and it's part of the, uh, the area I'm, I'm around and. Uh, we learned a lot, Jerry, during COVID. Right? There were things, there were things that we didn't really do in the past or push on, uh, that that we needed to make changes on based on based on needs. Seniors who couldn't get out, seniors who couldn't get food, and and Jerry, I know you and Phil and you know uh, other food bankers also had the opportunity for new partnerships. But it was how could we get food to seniors? You know, seniors who couldn't get out, seniors who didn't have masks, seniors who couldn't get the medicine. Right. And the team really stepped up. And we had some great notes from people who said that, that, you know, they couldn't they wouldn't have been able to get the food. They wouldn't have been able to get prescriptions without without the help of the teams that were reaching out to them from from Blue Cross. And so I say this to you just as one example. Now, COVID was extreme for, for every, everyone, I think most people. Right. And and but but it exists every day. And to your point about social determinants, they can be impacted. And COVID is an example of that. So you could think you're you have access to food. You could think you have access to medicine. And then all of a sudden it goes away. Transportation right is a critical part of when we talk about social determinants are, 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 are there things we can do to help you know change that So the part that I love about a competitive industry Jerry is that that people want to help and then as the rules allow them to change from the you know from a federal government or state or whatever to do more than just help with uh, healthcare care. You know, like food like transportation and other pieces you're gonna hopefully see the safety net get more secure and they're doing it in a way where companies are competing to to offer the best products at the at a, at a at the rate right at the the rate from the fed so, so to to me, Jerry, when you think about health and social determinants, healthcare, what people think of traditional healthcare and social determinants and where we're going, it's a whole new world today than it was five, ten years ago. But I do think you're right. I mean, I don't have uh, internal data, but I you know external data that you know is able to pull and you could see is that there's some range of between eighteen hundred and two thousand dollars per adult. You know, has increased cost uh, of healthcare given given you know something linked to. Uh, issues that could be addressed, Jerry's that that uh, aren't all food, but could be food, could be transportation. But so the cost of social determinants is, is huge, and if you can take that cost out, that's that's better for everyone. Uh, most importantly, the people getting the care. But Jerry, to your point, how do you get people motivated? Society sees a return. So someone has better care. Society's spending the rest. But we gotta we've gotta make that progress and there's still a long ways to go in a sense but we are night and day from where we were and and jerry like you said some people hearing this it might be the first time they've heard it for a long time people didn't know what social determinants are there's actually other phrases people are using but overall those those areas of impact are things that we're seeing a lot of people pushing and that's and that's really exciting to me and it's a it's a great time to be part of this and and you know to me to helping the food bankers is how do we take advantage of the fact that people are really wanting to lean in right now, right? And, and, that's, and that's why this time is so exciting.
0: The name of the show is Food First Michigan. And there's a per, and the reason behind that is because we believe that of all the social determinants of health, if you address food first, then you're going to get a lot of return on your res- investment early. It's, it's just, if food is, comparatively to the other social determinants, it's cheap. And and it's a lot better to solve this problem in the beginning than in in the end right and so It's it's also about not only about addressing current conditions, but it's also about preventative And so I think that there's some some really good stuff that you guys laid out there But I just wanted to tie the name of the show to your discussion because we really do believe (laughs) In food first not second not third and by god for sure not fourth.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think another thing that makes the partnership between food banks and healthcare really makes sense really just has to do with scale. You know, we have thousands of partners statewide. We're one of the few organizations that if you want to address one of the social determinants of health, that actually has the infrastructure to reach all of the people that need to be reached. Now, that doesn't mean we're not working on that. It doesn't mean, you know, there aren't a lot of things that influence uh, how much infrastructure we need at any given time. I mean, had we gotten, with COVID, a whole bunch of other new initiatives uh, to address the social determinants of health, we might have been a little stretched to try to get that all done, right? But the bottom line is we have, we have a lot of capacity for reaching people who need this help. And so in, in many respects, food first is because it's, it's what's going to drive success for households, and and it's fairly inexpensive compared to other things that you could solve first. There's capacity to do the work right now and there's really a fairly good layer of expertise across the state at this logistics level to be the right partner at the right time. And that's what we hope for, right? And John, your participation in our board helps us make that message clear to the people on the healthcare side because they don't always know what food banks do and how we do it and right. you know how much the community trusts us to do what we do and how we can really flexibly address a lot of different barriers in the system now without needing Uh, additional help to do the things we already do. So, I mean, those are pieces of it, right? It's It's a complex puzzle, and that's why you gotta have really skilled partners working together to get it all done.
0: So we're back with John Roberts. That's Jerry Brisson, I'm Dr. Phil Knight. We're back, come back and be with us. Food first, Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for being with us. Uh, during Right before the break and during the break, actually, good conversations about how food banks make great partners. So, John, pick it up and give us your thoughts right there.
1: All right. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jerry, I, I absolutely couldn't agree with you more on that, right? So you're talking about the importance of, of healthcare care, working with food banks, and, and, and understanding the relationship. I mean, I when you talk about that, uh, to your point not long ago you know that wouldn't have been true i mean there's always a community partnership but not understanding the 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 pieces but for companies that are leaning in on social determinants like mine, right, I mean, they, they see the value, they, they see the partnership, uh, they're all in on, on working the issues. And so it, hopefully, to your point, more and more are going to lean into the space. And I, and I truly believe they will, because I believe there's enough. I, I believe the data is clearly now coming out to what people expected or or you saw small pilots of. Uh, and again, there's lots of work that needs to be done, but but getting. Getting, I'm going to say, healthcare, you know, having working for a healthcare, um, you know, insurance company, but there's any number of relationships inside the, the health ecosystem that we want to continue to strengthen the relationships. And I think the food banks can help lead the way with that.
0: Well, there's some pretty cool stuff going on already, you know, in this space of uh, addressing food first within the, the context of social determinants of health. And uh, I, I do mean this uh, just as, as uh, respectfully as I can, that Jerry and his team at Gleaners has certainly been the tip of the spear here for the food banks in Michigan, driving this innovation. How do we learn the, the work and the culture and the language of healthcare, care? And, um, and how do we add value to the community and to patients and patient populations, community health, all of that? Jerry, uh, I, you know, I think that the, the Food Bank Council has picked up some of that mantle with you and, and we've been carrying it and other food banks are, are involved in this work now, but I do think that you and your uh, team deserve a, a huge congratulations and appreciation for kind of getting the ball rolling.
2: Well, thanks doctor. I will say this, you know, uh, I, one of the things that, uh, I can't remember how long ago I heard this, but the reason we can see farther is because we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Right? So I certainly believe that we're people that, that, we're having these ideas and starting it off, and I got to stand on their shoulders. And now, when I look at what we've done since you've brought Dr. Don Opel into the Food Bank Council, and how much difference she has made with her research background and her clear experience working in the field with healthcare and pantries and data and you know all of the issues that have to be resolved to really increase those parts of our capacity that we didn't have yet. You know, we keep. We keep standing on each other's shoulders. And, uh, and so we can see farther, and I, and, and I think, you know, with, with the, the continued help of the new partnerships that we continue to develop, that's just how it's going to work, right? It's, it's one thing after the next, after the next, and I'm proud of what my team has done to, to advance this, but I feel like we are still so learning from the experts we keep bringing into the fold, and, and we keep evolving, and we're innovating together, and that's, that's just really exciting.
0: Well, Henry's groceries at uh, at Henry Ford Health System uh, that you guys piloted was a catalyst, and now, as you refer to Dr. Opal, John knows uh, he he has quite a few conversations with uh, with Dawn <laughs> uh, because John chairs our uh, the committee on uh, strategic planning for the Food Bank Council Board of Directors. In fact, we have a meeting this afternoon about that. Uh <laughs> so you know, then Dawn has created a a, a a fresh food pharmacy inside of a federally qualified health center. And um, and you guys are Jerry knows and John. I think you're aware as well that that Dominic Pallone, who's been a guest on this show and is the leader at the Michigan Association of Health Plans had Dawn and myself up last summer to talk about uh, this fresh food pharmacy concept and um, and it went over well. I think we're going to have some partnership with the with the Michigan Association of health plans on this and then you know they didn't get enough. So they invited Jerry to come this coming summer to be their keynote speaker about this topic. So uh, I just think it shows John the natural relationship between health care and food banks to address this scourge the social determinant of health that we call food insecurity.
1: Yeah, Phil, I absolutely agree. And I, I mean, you said you said a lot there. I could absolutely agree with. I mean, I, I've been very impressed working with Dawn and all the things that she's driving. And I think it's perfect for a group. I think she's perfect. And what she's when I say it, what she's the, the strategies she's trying to push for for a group that is as diverse as it is. Right. And so. I mean, you you started that piece, Phil, on talking about, you know, Jerry being able to innovate in the area he's in, uh, you know, and, and and if it really works, we can take it to other places. And it looks great. Like, I'm excited about it. I don't want to get ahead of what anything Jerry wants to talk about there. But but it also we can try different things in different places, given the demand and given. And, and that's what's so great about having a group like yours is that it doesn't have to be one size fits all. Uh, and, and to me, having someone like you, Phil, having someone like Don who can, who can help, you know, target the things that, that different groups might want to pull down, you know, great. And then areas where you do find synergies across the board, all the better. And that will and, 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 and that'll, that'll allow those improvements to, get, to you know, get out there faster. So, I mean, the whole makeup right now, as I told you, is really exciting. And, and the fact that you have more and more people with an interest in getting the message out. I mean, it's exactly what we need at this time and is exactly, you know, I mean, the groups you're talking about wouldn't be doing that if they weren't interested in making a meaningful difference. So that's exciting. You know, kudos to them and and kudos to the effort. But if, you know, now's the perfect time to say, hey, let's go drive a difference in so many spaces. So it's exciting.
0: It's very exciting. Uh, It's and and it's critical. I mean, we have to be better at what we do. We cannot we're not going to we're not going to solve it tomorrow by doing what we did yesterday. So we have to evolve and we have to be better and data should be at the at the foundation of why we're making the decisions we're making. I mean, just applying the uh, value of equity to our food distribution requires data. We have to know who's hungry and where do they live? And, and, and as Jerry has said on this show, how much help do they need and for how long? Those are the questions that only data can give us. So, I, I, I think it's You're right. I mean, some people think, oh, food banks, you know, like wh- why is it such an emphasis on data so that we can we have our best opportunity to solve the problem and how yeah. sophisticated this work is, is, is really inspiring to me.
1: Yeah, that's a good word. I, if, so, Phil, I mean, I was going to talk about, I mean, again, if we spend too long on data, everyone will go, you know, tune into something else. But but at a high level, I would agree with you about the sophistication. But I also, you know, I think about it from a customer service standpoint, too, right? I mean, where I where I work as an insurer, you want the best experience. And we all know if you don't have a good call with your insur- insurance company, you remember it, right? And so we spend <laughs> a lot of time on that. But it could be the same for food banks, right? And, and it definitely is true for government, right? So when I think about my days back inside, right, there's lots of areas where you, know, you know the customer service wasn't strong and we would try to work on that. But the more that we can make it something that hey you and, and and Jerry's driving this Phil you're driving this I'm just using the examples but the more you can have hey someone comes in and we've got more information for them than they need or it's an easier visit or or you know add on services I mean the more you, you to build that up the better it is for everybody right the state's getting the resources out easier the interaction with you know for the for the person using the services is better and you can't do that without the data right but if that's the new model and, and like you said Phil what what worked before you know may not work today and we think it doesn't work today but that doesn't mean it was a failure in the past it was probably a successful we have to get to that new level and that that customer experience is so critical and you can't you can't do that without data as as, as the boring as data might sound
0: yeah I think you're reading my emails man <laughs> 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 that, that, whole, that, whole, that whole client end user is a new thought as it, it's not a new but it is relatively new for our network to really begin to grapple with. Jerry, let me give you the last word in this segment.
2: The last word is, John, you're amazing. The work you do is incredible. The intelligence and energy you bring to our board is super helpful. As we continue to evolve in this work, we're grateful to have you with us. And, uh, and thanks for all you do, my friend.
1: Well, Jerry, that, I appreciate that coming from you. And clearly, I join, join a board anytime you're going to come with compliments like that. So, uh, that, that, <laughs> that, that, but no, I, I genuinely, I appreciate it. And, and you know I'm excited. And I appreciate the passion that you have and, and look forward to supporting. Uh, I'm, a, I'm only a small voice uh, among leaders in the in the community that are really driving this with you, and, you know, leading with them. So, I, I appreciate that and look forward to continued partnership.
0: He's John Roberts. He's the interim president at Advantageure. He's our board member on the Food Bank Council of Michigan, but most importantly, he's our friend and our co-conspirator in this work. So, John, thanks for being with us. Jerry and I will be back to wrap up this edition of Food First Michigan in just a moment. I like that guy, Jerry, John Roberts. He uh, He is passionate about this work and as you said, from our days we met him when he was serving in the state budget office, that um, he, he really wants to make a difference in this work.
2: Well, you know what? There's an energy about the people that get excited about this. I mean, there is, you know what I mean? And, and when you, one of the great things about being involved in this work and, and in your monologue, you talked about, you know, the people who are part of this, they're great. People. There are people who care about their neighbors. There are people who want to make a difference, not because they're trying to make a career or because they're trying to have a good TikTok, right? There are people <laughs> who are involved because they want they want a community that works right, and that where people are healthy and where people are better off, and where there's less suffering, and where you know where you can make a difference, you do make a difference. And you know, John has stepped up in a lot of ways with us and for us, and uh, it was. It was great talking with them. And, and, uh, and of course, you know, it, it, it adds to the flavor that we want our listeners, all of you who are listening to understand, you know, this is exciting work, it's important work, and it's full of people you love to spend time with.
0: You know, I think it's one of the things that really can keep you in the work a long time, because the work is constantly evolving. Innovation is a part of our mantra, so to speak. But when you change the conversation it changes the conversations yeah you know what I'm saying because now you're you're not having the same old conversation with the same people you're having different conversations and you're having different conversations with different people that you've never had before and that's what I I guess I mean is that it keeps it keeps the work fresh because here's a relationship with John that started you know five plus years ago That Now is is bearing fruit in another way and and it's it's like You know as I I just talk about how how many people are coming to us and one of the things John uh, Made a point of in the show Jerry was about how not this issue of food security is a nonpartisan issue It's I like to say it's nonpartisan is it isn't bipartisan? because that's like the lowest level of agreement. (laughs) But there's a lot we can agree on in food security, so that's why I say it's a nonpartisan issue. Everybody can get behind it.
2: Well, it's about values. When you start talking about politics, it, it evolves into a conversation about values. What do people value and how are those values represented in conversations, in understanding what's happening in the world that then turns into legislation that then has to be funded through a, a budget process where priorities are determined, agreed upon, or fought about and, you know, not agreed upon. but. But uh, but what we know is that the value that food has for the people in this community is supported for so many different reasons from people right. across the board.
0: So the range of voices that make this work complete, I think is uh, super important. And I'm glad that we're doing the work on, on to incorporate all those voices into our, our uh, how we do this work. Time for a little food for thought. Leaders are influencers, and when people who lead want to use their influence for the greater good, the lifting up of others, then this is exciting to me. The list of influencers on this show over the past four years should make all of us excited and believe that hunger isn't bigger than we are, better than we are, and it isn't beyond us to solve. And the first step is putting and keeping food first folks food first food first michigan presented by farm bureau insurance of michigan and by the food bank
2: council of michigan creating a food secure state